Staying true to America's national destiny, the voice of the awakening. Your host, Bishop E. W. Jackson. Luke 17, verses 5 through 6. Um, and we're just, this is a continuation. This may end up being a three-part message because I don't think I can get through everything I have to teach you today. Um, but the, the, the message is a question. And the question is, is your faith increasing? Is your faith increasing? I want to say to all of you who are listening, uh, watching on Facebook, if you're living here, particularly in the Virginia area, we've got our Martin Luther King breakfast coming up on January the 20th at the uh, Delta Marriott, 725 Woodlake Drive in Chesapeake. We invite you to come. If you want to buy a ticket, you want to support in some way, you can go to our website, thecalled.org, thecalled.org, and you can buy a ticket. You can get a spot. You can get a vendor table if you want to come and sell your wares. Uh, you can get uh, a sponsorship for a, a reserve table. There's also on the line, uh, online. So you can just, or you can just make a donation if that's what you want to do. But we encourage you to support us. This is the 20th year of this breakfast, and we believe this is a godsend that has had a major impact on this community uh, over the last 20 years because we set a tone of unity across racial and cultural lines rather than the tone the world sets, which is division across racial and cultural lines, which is nothing but the devil. Um, so, so we just invite you all to come. And of course, connect with us. Uh, as I travel the country and travel uh, around, people tell me that they're watching on Facebook. So thank you all for watching. Spread the word. Tell others that we will be here at 11 o'clock every Sunday morning. Well, about 12 o'clock or thereabouts whenever I get to the message. That's when we go live when the message uh, is ready, when we're ready for the message. Because today we serve communion on the first Sunday. And so we, most of the time we do run a little later than we do on uh, on regular Sundays. But we're glad to have all of you with us. Amen. Amen. Those of you who are here in person and those of you who are online. Now, last time for the first message, we reviewed this idea of, of growth, of whether our faith has been increasing in 2019, which is an extremely important question. Um, did your faith increase in 2019? And we looked at two aspects of our faith increasing. We said if your faith is increasing, there ought to be increased fruit in two areas. One is, and remember I said this as a, as a proviso, your growth is not a straight line. It's, I said it, 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 it can involve twists and turns and setbacks and problems and, and issues and things to overcome. But the overall long-term trajectory should be upward. It should be growth, amen? You should not remain year to year where you've been. There ought to be progress. Amen. Amen. Because that's what the Bible says you're supposed to have. The path of the righteous is like the shining sun that shines ever bright unto the perfect day. We're going to get to that verse again uh, before we're done. So that was last week. Did your faith increase in 2019? Well, now, regardless of what the answer to that is, the question is, is your faith going to increase in 2020? Because whatever happened last year, last year's over. Now, what's going to happen this year? Where's your faith going to go this year? And so we looked at two aspects last time. Number one, your Christian character. Is your Christian character growing? In other words, are you becoming a better Christian? You know, I, the Lord reminded me, you know, we have themes every day uh, in our early morning prayer. 
It's not to limit what people pray. It is to unify us around a particular theme. And people pray about all kinds of things, but we, but we get unified around a particular theme. On Wednesdays, the theme is the growth of our Christian character and discipleship. Lord, make me a better Christian. Lord, deal with those internal issues I've got. Deal with my shortcomings. Help me to grow so that I become a better disciple of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Because look, and, and the reason for those things which the, the Lord gave me is that, you know, we can get so caught up on asking God for stuff and to solve our problems that we forget sometimes the biggest problem we have is us. And that we need to deal with some stuff in us and, and, and we can't and God has got to deal with that stuff. Amen. 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 Because often we make justifications for ourselves and excuses for ourselves and God wants to deal with those things that are hindering us. Amen. 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 Remember, God more than anything else. Now, God wants to bless you. He wants to prosper you. He wants to heal you. He wants to do wonderful things for you in every dimension of life. But you know what God more wants than anything else? You know what he wants more than anything else? He wants you to live a life that is pleasing in his sight. That's his chief aim for your life. He wants you to be conformed to his image. He wants you to be more and more and more and more like him. So all the other stuff is window dressing. All the other stuff is just, those are side benefits. What God wants is for you to please him. Amen? Jesus said, the Father never leaves me, for I always do those things that please him. I only say what I hear my Father say. I only do what I see my Father do. Wow. Man, that's the standard, isn't it? Amen. So we ought to be aiming more and more and more like that. Ephesians 5, 1 says, be imitators of God as dear children. We're his children. We ought to be like him. Amen. Amen. Sometimes I'll be around the house and I'll say something, do something, look a certain way. My wife will say, all right, Bill Jackson. That's my father. And she knew my daddy and she said, you, you look and sound just like him. Well, we're supposed to be more and more like God. I mean, what we want is for the angels and for, the, for that matter, the demons to look and say, acting just like Jesus. And the demons walk away in disgust. And the angels say, yeah, isn't that wonderful? <laughs> you know? Amen. Amen. And the second thing is I said, if our faith is increasing, our fruit ought to be increasing in the circumstances of our lives. In other words, here again, this is not a straight trajectory because there are problems and pitfalls and setbacks. And I said, if you're driving from here to LA, you're not going to drive in a straight line. You got crooks in the road. You got to stop for gas. You might have a flat tire. You might get a storm that stops you. You might have to go across a mountain. All kinds of things will happen, but your destination doesn't change. Amen. From day to day, you ought to still be getting closer and closer and closer to your destination. Amen. Amen. And the same is true in terms of the circumstances of our lives. In Proverbs 4.18, I said, the path of the righteous or the just in some translations, is like the shining sun that shines ever brighter unto the perfect day, right? Uh -huh. Guess what? Clouds come out and stop it from shining as brightly as it can, Amen. don't they? Amen? Amen? Storms happen and stop it from shining as brightly as it can. But just wait a while. And you know why? You know it's going to shine. You know it's going to shine. You know it's going to shine. Because it's shining behind those clouds anyhow. You just haven't risen above the clouds to see it. Amen. 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 Uh, I heard uh, Brother Copeland say 
You know, he said, sometimes you get in an airplane, he said, and it's dank and it's nasty and it's raining and it's cloudy. He said, and you put the coals to that thing and have it jump down the runway. He said, and you start climbing and climbing and climbing and climbing. And he says, just a nasty old day. Can't see anything around you but clouds. He said, but you get up high enough and after a while you pop out over those clouds. He said, and it's sunshine again in California. In other words, people say, I wish the sun would come out. It's out. It's out. You just got some stuff in the way of you seeing it, <laughs> but it's out. It's out. It comes out every single day. And so here's the point. The plan that God has for you does not change. It's just some clouds get in the way sometimes of your seeing it clearly. And it looks darker and more dank and more uh, depressing. But that doesn't may change the fact that what God has in mind is that the, the path of the righteous is like the shining sun that shines ever brighter unto the perfect day. Amen. Amen. Now, if you're if you are growing in faith, these ought to be two areas of your life which are improving. Amen. And, 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 and every Christian, if that's not happening for you, then you need to go back to God and start figuring out why. And I, here again, not. Well, I had a problem last month. That that's not the issue. The issue is, Bishop, I've looked over the last five years. I got the same problems I had five years ago. Something's wrong. Amen? Amen. Listen, Sis Jackson, I, I won't even recount because Sis Jackson will get on me if I do. But uh, let me tell you something. Sis Jackson and I had some financial problems that were unreal. I mean unreal. I mean bad. Bad. Amen. Now, I, I've always been one of those people. I'm going to take care of my family regardless. I'm not going to shoot or rob anybody. Don't get me wrong. But, but I'm going to take care of my family. I'm going to do what I have to do. I, I, I'm going to go work. And I tell you, one time our situation was so bad, I told God, I said, Lord, I, I got to go find me a part-time job or something. And God told me, make prayer your part-time job. And that's what I started doing, spending several hours a day in prayer. And that thing just resolved. Now, now so I said that. We, we've had some serious financial problems. We ain't having them now. So it's not that we haven't had them. It's not that you can't have them, but you ought to keep growing. You ought to keep moving forward. Amen. 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 Or, and, and, I, and I'll add this without you. Yeah, I always say this with, with a little bit of trepidation because I don't want anybody to think this is a competition. It's not. But I tell you what, we're giving more than we've ever given before, too. Yeah, we're giving more than we've ever given before. Amen. 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 Praise God. Praise God. So here again, I'm not saying don't look at where you are now and say, well, my life is not improving. No, 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 no. That's not the issue. The issue is what's the general trajectory and what are you looking for in 2020? Amen. Because I don't care what happened last year. Now, last year's over. The question now is, what are you going to do with 2020? What are you going to do with this year? You know what God wants. God wants you to keep moving forward and moving upward in every way. Amen. Now, now you've got to make up your mind. Am I going to cooperate with God? Or I'm going to wallow in whatever has been holding me back and complain. Oh, God, I sure do wish I could. And God's going to say to you, I already did. Why don't you believe it? <laughs> believe me for it. Amen. I wish I could get out of this debt. God's going to say, I already got you out of it. All you got to do is believe me for it. Amen. Amen. Believe me for it. And then faith without works is dead. Then start taking some faith steps toward it. Mm -hmm. 
Say, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 All right. So now we come to the third area. And like I said, I don't know that I can get through this in one sermon. I don't think I can. So it's probably going to be three parts to this, this series. But I want you to go to Matthew 66, Matthew 6, verses 31 through 33. Very familiar passage of scripture, but you go there. I want you to read this with me. Matthew 6, verses 30, 30, 31 to 33. Because here's the third area. Is your kingdom fruitfulness increasing? Is your kingdom fruitfulness increasing? Because that ought to increase too. Amen? Matthew chapter 6, verses 31 through 33. If you have it, read it with me. It says, and I'm reading from the New King James Version, by the way. So yours ought to read essentially the same if you've got a good version of the Bible. Reading together, beginning at verse 31, it says, Therefore, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. Translation, after all these things, people without a covenant with God seek. They have no covenant with God, and they worry about all this stuff because they don't have God to turn to. Okay? It says, Quote, read on, says, for your heavenly father knows that you need all these things, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Amen. Now, most Christians, and I can say this with authority after having been in ministry for 40 years, most Christians live our lives asking what we want to do. But the scripture teaches that we should live our lives asking what God wants us to do. And then setting out to do that. See, Jesus said here, your first priority should be God's kingdom and his righteousness. Most Christians live our lives by fitting God into what we want to do. And God says, no, you ought to live your life fitting into what he wants to do, and then, and then, let everything else in your life fit around that. But that's not the way most Christians live. Amen? Amen. See, God wants to be the center of our lives, and most Christians want to be the center of their own lives. Mm -hmm. So, remember, God wants your first and your best your first and your best is not for you. Your first and your best is for him. Amen? Amen. Christians, and I'm not saying you, I'm not pointing the finger at you. I'm saying in general, Christians want the first and the best for ourselves. And then we'll give God what's left over. In, in Numbers 18, 12, it says, God said to them, all the best of the oil all the best of the new wine and the grain, their first fruits, they are to offer to the Lord. God said, I want all of your first and I want all of your best. And we know what, the, what, what many of the children of Israel did. They kept the first and the best for themselves and went to offer God. Well, here's a, here's, here's a lamb here. He's half blind. Give him to God. And God said, don't bring me that stuff. But look, any true Christian any true Christian, anybody who claims to be a Christian, claims at least would mouth agreement with the idea, yeah, God should get our first and our best. Right? right. I mean, I would think. Amen. 
Anybody who even claims to be a Christian wouldn't disagree with that, would they? So then the question becomes, so what does that look like? What does it look like to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness? Key word, first, first, first. Now, here's what Jesus said in John 15, 7 and 8. These are some of my favorite verses, by the way. He says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it will be done for you. By this, my father is glorified. Now, what does that mean? That means by this, my father is pleased. By this, my father is getting from you what he wants. By this, my father is being honored. My father is being respected. My father is being magnified. By this, what? That you bear much fruit. So will you be my disciples. So Jesus says there are two things my father wants from you. He wants you to be true disciples. Remember Jesus said, if you abide in my word, that was in John chapter 8. If you abide in my word and my word abide in you, said you sh then shall you then are you my disciples indeed. Meaning that there are people who can claim to be my disciples, but they're not, not my disciples indeed because they don't abide in my word. So he wants you to be his disciples indeed. And then he wants you as a result to bear much fruit. So I said, if we're, if we're increasing in faith, we're going to bear fruit for his kingdom. Amen. And the more our faith increases, the more fruit we ought to bear for his kingdom. Now, John 15, 16 says, you did not choose me, but I, I, I want you to watch this verse very, very closely. I'm going to read it myself, but you can go to it because I want to show you some things. If you've got your own Bible, you may want to take some notes about this. John 15, 16 says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. There it is again. Appointed you, anointed you, chose you, made you my disciple, that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. That whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. Why? Because you're doing it for him. Because you're doing it for him. Now, this text is saying a lot more than most of us realize. First of all, that word choose is the Greek word eklegomai. And you know what it means? It means literally to call out or to speak forth. To call out, lego is, is a derivation of the word Logos, which means the word. Ek meaning out. Eklegomai. To call out or to speak forth. Jesus is saying, now listen to this, this translation, because it's going to illuminate this for you and give you some revelation. Jesus is saying, you did not speak me forth, I spoke you forth. This, this is what goes through this, this is what gets to this issue. I want Jesus to follow me when I'm doing what I want to do. Jesus said, you didn't speak me forth. I spoke you forth. You didn't call me forth. I called you forth. You did not create me. I created you. And look, you did not put me in place. I put you in place. In other words, I put you where I wanted you to be so that you could bear fruit for me. And that your fruit should remain. And what we skip over that word remain, you know what that means? That your fruit should be not temporary, but eternal. Amen. Eternal fruit. Amen. Fruit that never goes away. Do you realize the people that you've touched for God who enter into his kingdom will be your eternal fruit? 
And you know, God is going to acknowledge that for all of eternity because every soul is precious. That's why the Bible says one plants, another waters, but God what? Gives what? The increase. See, he, he wants increase. He wants your fruit to be eternal, saints. Eternal. So then if your faith is increasing, your fruit for the kingdom ought to be, your character ought to be increasing, your circumstances ought to be improving, and your kingdom fruitfulness ought to be increasing. Amen? Amen. Look, if it's nothing but a prayer ministry, there's no excuse for any Christian to be doing virtually nothing for God. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. So, so would you agree then that you're going to make the most progress? Listen to me closely. Would you agree that you're going to make the most progress in whatever you make your highest priority? Does that make sense? Yeah. Whatever you make your highest priority is what you're going to make the most progress in. See, and, it, it, and people make other things the priority, but the Bible says seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Make that your priority, and guess what? Everything else will be added. It doesn't say seek other things first and I'll add the kingdom for you. In other words, what we're doing is we're short-circuiting our own progress by putting other things before God, thinking that's what we need to do to make progress. And guess what we're doing? We're only stunting our progress. Because God says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things that you're looking for will be added unto you. Amen? Amen. Amen. So whatever you make your priority, that's where you're going to make the most progress. The only problem is if your priority is not the kingdom, you're not going to make any progress for the kingdom. Because it, it doesn't work that way. You, you reap based on what you sow. So if you're, if, the, if, if you're not sowing into the kingdom primarily, if the kingdom is not your first priority, you may have a harvest over here. The problem is that harvest can't remain. It's not eternal fruit. Because the eternal fruit is based on what you sow into the kingdom. Amen? Now, I'm going to say something here that might sting a little bit. But here again, if it doesn't apply to you, just let it go over your head. But, it, but, but, but either way, you're going to learn from it. Even if you say, but Bishop, praise God. I don't, I don't have these issues, but, but praise God for the warning. Amen. Amen? Amen. Now, some people might get mad. Those who get mad, we know we, know, we, we have really just stopped on their toes. Amen. But, but, it's, but look, it, but, but obviously, I'm not saying this to stop on people's toes or to hurt people. I'm saying this to help people. Amen. Amen. If you are not bearing fruit for God's kingdom or you have little or no fruit to show for God's kingdom, it's based on one of three problems. And here's the first one. You're just flat out not saved. Just flat out not saved. I mean, you got people who go to church who aren't saved. They're not bearing fruit for God's kingdom because they don't know God. See, there are people who like the idea of going to church, but they don't like the idea of submitting their lives to Jesus and letting his authority be first and foremost over them. They don't like that, but they like church. They love the music, you know. I've had people say, oh, pastor, I, I love your preaching. Don't do a thing I say. 
I'm serious. Amen. Amen. I mean, look, and I'm not bragging on me because I, I didn't call myself. God called me and, and gave me what I'm giving to you. But, but I know that I go other places and sometimes I see more enthusiasm for getting my messages from people who never even met me or meeting me for the first time sometimes than I do in my own congregation. How can I get your messages? I told you, I, I forget where I was. When I, man, I, I watch you on Facebook. He said, oh, my goodness gracious. Thank you. Thank you for the messages that you're bringing forth. Praise God. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I, I hear you all express appreciation, but <laughs> there ought to be a hunger and appreciation for the word because it's the key to your fruitfulness in God's kingdom. Amen. Amen. Re receiving it and applying it ought to be of, of foremost importance in your life. Amen? And some people, it's not because they're just flat out not saved. They just don't know God. Matthew chapter 7, verses 21. In fact, you go there with me because I want you to read this as a reminder to yourself. And I want to show you something in this verse that we missed. Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23. Amen. Now th this this. This may hit some people where it hurts, but don't, don't blame me because I didn't say it. Jesus said this. Amen. Amen. <laughs> you know, a friend of mine said, a hit dog yelps the loudest. Oh, 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 oh. Said he'd been hit. <laughs> so don't get mad at me. Amen. <laughs> Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 through 23. Read this with me if you have it. It says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Wow. That's a solemn warning. And it's a warning that people say, Lord, Lord, Lord. And he said, I don't know you. Wow. And you know, boy, that's chilling. Because I, I've even gone places and had people who um, have met me somewhere else, but it's been a while. And, and they'll say, Bishop, I'm so-and-so. And I say, okay, how you doing? And he says, you don't know me. We met. And they'll mention some place I met them two years ago, and I'm looking at them thinking, no, I really don't know you. And that's just kind of embarrassing. You know what I mean? For Jesus to stand and tell you, I don't know you, that's not just embarrassing. That's eternal damnation. And by the way, when he says, I don't know you, he doesn't mean I don't know who you are. He means, I know you're not one of mine. That's what he means. But, but, but look at this. Look at this interesting. Because here's how people have interpreted this verse. So it just goes to show people can prophesy. They can cast out demons. They can do many wonders in his name. That doesn't mean they're saved. But you know what? That's really not quite what this verse is saying. Although you can certainly interpret it that way. And I think be, be, be within the context of the verse. But notice, here's the key words. He said, many will say to me in that day. He didn't say they were telling the truth. Folks lie. Folks lie about being saved. I mean, people lie about their 
their spiritual condition all the time. I've said before, you watch those people who tend to be so spiritual and they're just so much better. I just don't understand how the dregs do not rise to the level to which I do. I don't understand how they couldn't be spiritual like me. Those are the biggest devils you ever want to find.